Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast. Here again, episode... What the fuck? 37. No. What are you doing? Open letter to the World what, Wrestling what Federation. What are you doing? What are you talking about? You forgot the brothers and sisters. I don't know what you're talking about. You're I fucking shit up. I never say that word. You do it all the time. You're fucking shit up, dude. Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast here as we mix and emulsify One Tree Hill in the wonderful world of World Wrestling Federtainment. I'm just going rogue and not using what any of my catchphrases this week. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> and we are officially one minute and 35 seconds in and I can take it no longer, brothers. It's Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast brothers and sisters where we amalgamate one tree hill in the wonderful world of world wrestling federtainment i feel better now you feel better yeah that was really stressing <laughs> me out i'd throw a little curveball your way a little change Why? up fuck things up a little bit keep you off guard because it feels like a lot of this episode is gonna catch you off guard I mean, we've already watched it, so... Both episodes, that is. Episode 37, Season 2, Episode 15 of One Tree Hill, an open letter to the world, wrestling, federtainment. We are here once again, THWF Podcast. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook at treehillwf.podcast and listening in you can do on all the streaming services, including what... Fuck off, Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. I like having it shortened. It's a little better that way. A it little makes bit easier. it easier, and I don't forget things. You liked to fuck me up with well, that, I, so yeah. I don't get confused. I do. Oh, boy. We got a couple of uh, episodes here. We got a Tree Hill episode, and we got an episode on Monday Night Raw. We're going to start it out with Tree Hill side and time capsules. Time capsules. Time capsules. Do you have a time capsule? Actually, yes. Me and my best friend Deanna made one when we were in middle school. Yeah. What's in it? (laughs) You don't want to know. I already know. You've showed me before. But what's in it for the listeners? Um, well, for Christmas or my birthday one year, she gave me a brat bracelet. Okay. Um, there's a little locker mirror. I don't know why, but whatever. And okay. a like hair tie. Okay. And letters that we wrote for each other. To future Aaron, she wrote to you. Yeah, just letters that we wrote to each other. And my first thong. <laughs> Wow, it wouldn't be your last though, brother. Time capsule <laughs> here on One Tree Hill. 
So basically a time capsule, they're going to videotape their thoughts about what's going on in the year 2000, I guess five at this point. Is Mm -hmm. it getting around right around 2005 now and this show? And they show a video of some weird student from 1955 talking about his life and saying that maybe somebody one day in a hundred years will see this. So it kind of inspires the class and these main characters of the show to do their own videos and put it in a time capsule. Yes. Interesting development here. I'd like to see what actually is being said on these videos for the time capsule. And not only that, we might be able to find out some pertinent information from these time castle videos as well. Yeah. I mean, it starts off though with Nathan being angry AF. Does. So that and like Lucas is talking about Haley leaving and how her or his brother's going through a hard time and just, you know, lots of stuff is going on there. Peyton's talking about how she's seeing this guy and obviously that's Jake and Jake is talking about seeing this girl and experience levels being very different. But yeah, it's kind of a cool concept. Yeah, did your interesting. high school ever do that? Fuck no. My we, high school we, didn't. We don't do lame shit like we that. We did drive your tractor to work day or to school day. You're so fucking chillowack it hurts. <laughs> so finally, Jake asks out Peyton. About fucking time. Oh my god. And then he, you know, gives her a hug and tells her that while they're hugging, tells her that he, she smells different when she's awake. He does not say that very she creepy. smells different when she's very, awake. Very, creepy. She smells amazingly good today. <laughs> Sounds like the other line would be something I would say to you when I hugged you. Yeah, you're creepy like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Andy is starting some investigating on Dan. Do you hire a private detective? He's got hookups. This guy's rich, dude. Dude, he's worth like $50 million. He's already got the hookups. Probably got his own personal private detective for anybody he wants. Yeah, he's got a buddy. He's got a guy. He's got a guy for that. Yeah. Brooke is uh, finally seeing Anna and Felix back from their trip. And Brooke is president, so Felix is talking about oh, we got to have a party and we have to have gifts and all no this one, stuff. No one even realized Anna and Felix were gone. No one cared. No one realized I think they everyone were gone. was relieved. Yeah. I think I was. I was relieved. Yeah. It was a little break. Yeah. Kind of made the last few episodes better, for a sure. A less... Not as hard to get through, I guess, without those two characters in it, which was very nice. Also, with the Andy situation... Karen also says, well, she will calmly and concisely state her case to Dan and the lawyers about, you know, yeah, she'll be very calm and very collected and smooth and won't lose her shit in this mediation. Nice little burp there, dude. Yeah, I know. Pretty good, eh? Uh, So we'll see how well that goes when we actually get to the mediation. But yes, Felix and Anna are back. No one cares. Fuck off my screen forever. Please. Keith buys him and Jules 
a house and he surprises her with it. With what money? I don't know. He must have money still from not like having his shop, like selling that to Dan or getting the money for that. I guess. But like you're buying this chick who you barely know that you're suddenly engaged to a house. What would you do if I like secretly bought us a house? I mean, we're six years in. I'd be like, fuck. But like after a few months. Oh, fuck. No, I'd be running as fast as I could in the opposite direction. Shit, dude. Like, no. Marry me. Oh, wait. I bought this house for us. I I get like he's doing this big romantic gesture. But like, bro, you already got turned down for your first proposal. Like that just came out out of the blue. This one was another one kind of out of the blue. And like with a girl that you've known for like two weeks. The heartbreak is going to be fucking soul crushing for this poor guy. As if he hasn't had enough heartbreak already in this show. This is just not going to go well. Yeah, it's it's not. I... Oh, poor Keith. I'm just going to leave it at that. Poor Keith, poor Nathan. Now he has to work with his brother as well. His and brother. his dad is back. Because oh. at first when he was hired at Dan Scott Motors and like it just in him the and shop, Keith. it was him and Keith. He was learning things. It was a good time. But now Dan's back and Lucas got hired and Nathan and Lucas aren't in great terms right now. Because of Nathan. Well. Being a dick. Yeah. I mean. he was He's, he's reverting to early season one, Nathan. Yeah, I get it. He's hurting, and that sucks, but... Doesn't really have to take it out on his family, Don't though. take it out on other people. Um, so Nathan's pissed that Lucas is there, and he just quits. Straight quits his up, job. Yeah, walks out. He's got Bye. nothing to pay his bills with anymore. A, a house that he's in by himself, where he has to pay rent solo because his fucking wife is on tour right now. Yeah. So who the fuck knows what's going on with this guy? He's fucked up. So Lucas goes to see Nathan at his apartment and Nathan is literally painting the wall like around the picture of Haley where, from their wedding. Where? Uh, okay. That was from their wedding? That was like one of the mural things oh, okay. like he, someone did I was for like, their wedding. How, where, they when each did this had one. random fucking gigantic face picture of Haley come in? It's, they each have one, and then there's one of the two of them together. Okay. Um, so he's painted a gigantic pink X over her face and then been painting pink around her. Because Haley hates pink. Haley ha- hates <laughs> pink. So Lucas is like, what are you doing? And then he goes and hangs a picture of a clown over the picture of her, and Lucas is like, bro. And he's Nathan's like... She also is scared of clowns. They freak her out. Maybe she wouldn't like doink the clown. Oh, God. (sighs) Peyton and Jake. Yeah. Finally on a date. Yeah. Walking the boardwalk. It seems like it seems, I don't know. It seems almost awkward. This does date? seem a little awkward, yes. Because they feel like it's just been, they've been waiting for this for so long, and now that they're finally on this date, they're like... What do we do? She's like, you've been staying at my house. We've slept in the same bed together. 
now what? Like, yeah, that's just such a weird situation. So he's trying to like lighten the mood and like, ooh, you know, I made sure that the stars were just right and random couples scattered about and the lighting was perfect. Planned it all. Planned the breeze (laughs) like it was just so cheesy and then she's just like I mean he doesn't have a ton of money to do a proper first date he's got a daughter 16 years old and he's got a kid yeah so he's got to pay for that and so yeah (laughs) it's just it feels like a very awkward first date but Peyton's just like soaking it up no it's even more awkward than that first date is this mediation session between a mediator Dan and Karen about the custody and uh, where Lucas will be living. Which Lucas is there for that as well. And you can tell he's uncomfortable as fuck. And (laughs) Karen just kind of. Oh, she's supposed to be calm and cool and concise and collected here. Yeah. And just literally cuts a stone cold promo on her, on him. And just goes off about how much of an ass he is. I this mean, assy frat boy haircut. <laughs> he's making like he's saying like, "Oh, I'm providing a safe two parent environment for he my is. son." He is, but safe. That's pushing it, bro. It's a nice he's house. He's the furthest from safe. It's a nice house. Ugh, it's a nice house. Yes, but it's a loving environment. You know what, though, I would prefer. A house like Karen and Lucas's house. A little, you know, not perfect. Crap shack. A little, like, quirky. Big, perfect houses. It's just like, this is too cookie cutter. I don't like it. Okay. I hate it. I hate BC box houses. Yeah. I know we're technically in one, but ours is a little different. It's a little different style. Like no BC box has the entryway that we have. Yeah, fair enough. It's usually the couple steps. Entranceway, couple steps, kind of steps down, steps up from there. And then very little like landing space. Yes. Yeah. Ours is very, very different in that way. And the colors are I love the colors green yellow and orange yep the holy <laughs> trinity of great colors right there fall colors yep that's my mom's holy trinity my mom's color scheme for sure lucas picks dan where is this coming from i don't even fucking understand why lucas is doing this like he loves his mom so much why would he ever do this to her and like there has to be something there's something there's more there something either dan's holding something on him i know this we whole know about the hcm, HCM shit but there's got to be more here yeah because andy could easily pay for these fucking drugs that he needs for his hcm easily and i know the biggest reason dan or lucas wants to keep it a secret sorry is because he doesn't want his mom to be like you can't play basketball if you have hcm yeah And that's his biggest fear, is being told that he can't play the sport he loves. Yeah, fair enough. So this gigantic party that Felix is throwing, which almost Felix is, thankfully, thank fucking God, Felix is finally starting to feel like an afterthought character, like a secondary, you know, he's just a sidekick to Brooke now more than anything he's not the main dish anymore now that he's been off for a few episodes he feels more in the background than anything like he's not a focal point anymore which i absolutely adore 
And you can tell Brooke really didn't miss him that much. Yeah. And like he's trying to like hug her and kiss her and stuff. And she's just like, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. And so he wants to throw like this huge bash where everybody's fucking stoned and drunk and having a great time and fucking Vivica. She knows no one there. She doesn't know anybody except Vivica and Erica. (laughs) Vivica. And she's here and she's fucking wasted because she's not the prez anymore. She's not the prezzo dent. So she can get fucking straight up lit and crazy. And that's exactly what she does. Yeah. And the only reason why Nathan is here is because he ran out of booze. Truth. Hmm. Truth. Tim is a moron, but I don't remember why Tim is a moron. Tim's an idiot because of his fucking time capsule video. Oh, yeah. Of how he was oh uh, dating. What was it? He was dating. He's dating Brooke Davis. Dating Brooke Davis. Fucking Anna's into him. Fucking this and that. Yes. So at this point. Um, so Mouth and Anna have broken into the school because they're going to break into the school because he's in the AV club and fucking he can have access basically to all these time capsule videos that are secretly put away. So apparently Anna put something on her time capsule video that she She does not want. She's bisexual. Yeah. That she doesn't want out there. And so they're going to actually break into the fucking school, which apparently doesn't have alarms or cameras. And they're just going to get in there and start deleting shit. Yeah. And Tim has this stupid, like his entry is about him dating Brooke and Anna being into him. And Anna's like, ew. Yeah. Yeah. So Nathan is fucking, he's pretty drunk already he's had a few drinks and now he's ready to take lucas's new car that dan got for him and take it out and go driving and fuck shit up he went up to one of the rooms in the house and grabbed the keys from lucas's jacket pocket wow uh (laughs) so he goes to get in and lucas is like follows him out Gets in the car with him, and he's like, you can't drive, you're drunk. And he's like, watch me. Yeah. And so he has a drink in his hand. He's drinking and driving. Yep. That's not Mario Kart rules. You're supposed to come to a complete stop before you take a drink. And he has this drink. And, of course, coincidentally, Hollywood brother, Hollywood Hulk Hogan dude, fucking he throws his drink out the window. And it just so happened that a state trooper is there. And it goes right in the fucking window of this police officer. Yeah. Of course like, it does. The foam everywhere. Of course is, it does. Uh, it was funny. And then there's a whole chase thing going on. And finally. I was waiting for another car accident here. Finally, Nathan pulls over and Lucas is like, oh shit. And they do a quick switcheroo. So mm-hmm. Lucas is in the driver's yeah, seat. He hasn't been drinking. And Nathan's passenger at this point. And, of course, Nathan's already mouthing off at the cops. Once again, it's not the first time he's done this. Totally is. And what happens? Fucking big boss man. Jail. (laughs) Straight to jail. (laughs) (laughs) You get caught driving drunk? Jail. You throw a drink at a cop's window? Straight to jail. You undercook chicken. (laughs) You overcook fish, believe it or not. 
jail. <laughs> That's why that. Venezuela is the greatest country in the world. Because of jail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me. We were talking about Parks and Rec on our conference call today. and Best shit ever, man. It was awesome. Yep. My dad is literally Ron Swanson. Yeah. Like Chilliwack version of Ron Swanson. Yeah, yep. absolutely. But yeah. So Nathan and Lucas are in jail and you know that's going to go over well because they're in the same cell. And they, they low-key have a hate on t- for each other again. Yep, they do. But it's interesting. And meanwhile, all the while that's happening, Mouth and Anna are actually going through with this, breaking into the fucking school. I don't even know how they got into the school did you see mouth had the ski mask on and i yeah. was like you that's very unfucking necessary yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's like i don't want to get caught he's such a little baby yeah karen gets a call from lucas oh yeah lucas is uh he's got one phone call and he, well he has two quarters in his pocket mm, right but either way you know the one phone call he has uh, he's going to call his mom so she can bail him out of jail. And then as he calls her, she's all like happy. She finally gets this call from Lucas that she's been waiting for because, you know, when she went home and told Andy that he chose Dan, Andy was like, it's okay. Like he'll, he'll figure it out. He'll call. And so this is the call from jail. And of course she's like, are you okay? Make sure he's fine. Make sure everything's good. All right, good. You got another quarter? Call your fucking dad. Yeah. And she <laughs> just, oh my God. Lucas's mom, own mom can't even fucking stand it anymore. And Nathan's laughing yeah. at this yeah, whole he's situation. finding this very fucking comical. <laughs> Being in jail and all. Very hilarious. Oh, gosh. While they were going through the time capsule, Anna and Mouth find a video that's from Brooke. Brooke Davis with her own time capsule video. And she's talking about how maybe one day she'll be married to a guy like Marvin McFadden. Yeah, Mouth himself. But the thing is, is Anna doesn't know Mouth as Marvin. She doesn't know who Marvin McFadden is. Yeah. And then Brooke's saying, oh, maybe he'll be Senator McFadden one day. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. Do you think she would know his last name, though? You would think. Everyone just calls him Mouth. Okay. So. Well, Anna's a fucking idiot anyway, so. Also, she's new to the school. And she's a fucking idiot. (laughs) Jake and Peyton make out. And constantly, I feel like at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, she's got fucking protection at the ready. Oh, my God. One of their, so they were joking around. They were in her room. And all of a sudden, one of the candles, she just has candles strewn about her room. Of course she does. And one of the candles goes out. And Jake is like, do you have ghosts? She's like, they're nice ones. And then uh, she's like, matches are on the top drawer on the bedside table opens it up condoms everywhere dude (laughs) and she's like oh my god and he's like are these from like lucas and she's like no they're they're actually from nathan Nathan. and he's like like, wow that's even weirder and grosser so gross (laughs) he's so uncomfortable so they start talking about how you know nathan was the only guy that peyton's ever slept with Mm -hmm. and 
she's kind of like, like, I want to take it slow because you're more experienced than I am. Hence your daughter. Yeah. And he wants to take it slow too. Yeah. He feels like maybe that might be the right road to go down. Something that he has never done. Cause obviously he has a daughter with a crazy ass bitch. So, you know, maybe this is the time to actually take it a little bit slower with somebody you actually like. Yes. Yes. Well, God damn, fuck up, oh fuck God. Lucas and Jason Scott's a damn slobber knocker in the clink. They're in the cage match. One fall to a fish tank. God damn it. Are you done? Fuck God. Will somebody stop the damn match? Oh my God. Now I'm finished. Nathan and Lucas start fighting <laughs> in jail. Another wrestling match. Of course. <laughs> this is the third, fourth one between the basketball game, the fucking time the with the, the classroom, the one where they were with that other school, like the fucking thing one. Oh, yeah. Thing, thing, thing one and thing three. Thing, thing and they one, had to fight three. each other, uh, and he fucking spine busted his own brother on the car. Now they're fucking fighting again. This is literally the fourth. The fourth contest between Raining Intercontinental Champion Lucas Scott. Oh my god. <laughs> it's past the rubber match already. This is like a fucking quadrilogy of matches between Lucas and Nathan. <laughs> and at this point, the cops are just like, we're going to fucking handcuff you to the bars. To the cell. Yeah. Like across from each other. Mm, handcuffing them to a post or a cell. Interesting. Oh, fuck off. Amalgamate, brother. We'll get there. <laughs> so while they're sitting there, they start spilling details to each other. Mm-hmm. Lucas explains why he's living with Dan and yeah. what, other than the HCM thing, but explains that he's trying to and, get yeah. close to Dan to, you know, take him down with this Keith and Jules shit. Um, and Nathan spills that he actually did call and talk to Haley. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't just go to voicemail. I mean, it might have the first time, but she probably called back. Called back or he called her again. Who knows? We don't know for sure, but it's, he's like, it's over, man. Like, I'm just, I'm just done at this point. And it seems like Lucas is trying to talk in some sense into him for sure. And this whole issue. Trying to say, like, you know, she's my best friend. She loves you. I just, I know, like, this is something that she wants. Yeah. You know, having a heart to heart. Yes. Dan <laughs> finds Jules in a church praying. Okay. First things first. He is the devil incarnate. What is he doing in a church? How did he not burst into flames? Also, how did he know fucking MFM was in this fucking church? At this exact time. No. Why would he even go in the church in the first place? (laughs) And after all that, apparently he's getting a little softer in his old age. And he actually just wants to let things go. Yeah. Let them have their happy life together. Because Jules is saying she's going to tell Keith everything. Mm -hmm. And tell him that she loves him. And that doesn't change the way she feels about him. But this is what happened. But this is what it is. And she's taking a big risk with that because he could just say, 
oh my god like i don't want to be with you after this and of course she doesn't believe him after he says this shit but no then again dan has actually kept his word this entire time hasn't spilled the beans Ugh. to keith anyways and then he gets a phone call <laughs> while he's in church and he says he's taking a call from god so he's getting a call from himself do you think this call is you know one of his sons something could be something sons calling and being like hey can you bail us out probably yeah (laughs) i mean he's got money to bail him out he's done it before oh totally right totally (laughs) (laughs) i wonder how many times nathan is gonna get thrown in jail in this show (laughs) Mm. we got two already two two and two seasons so we literally have one per season already You'll just have to wait and I see. I guess bro. I will have to wait and see. You will have to wait and see. Jail stints. It's hilarious because on the on the thumbnail, the still of the episode on Amazon Prime, it was Lucas and it looked like it was like he was in a cage match or like there was a jail cell behind him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sure enough, here we are in the <laughs> fucking blue cage in a cage match, Nathan and Lucas. Oh my god. Brothers in a cage match, much like Owen and Bret Hart at SummerSlam nineteen ninety four in a blue cage match. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh poor Brooke. What about her? She's broke. She's broke Davis. And she even calls herself <laughs> that like on her own. How did I not think of that before she came that out with hilarious. that? Hilarious. Oh, you were ba- like broke ass Brooke. I think he, broke yeah, you've Davis. been calling her broke ass Brooke and then Brooke says broke Broke Davis Davis. and you were like I think you gained some respect for Brooke in that moment honestly yeah (laughs) one for poking fun at yourself and two actually coming up with that line because that's just genius I mean it was the creators of the show that came up with that but you know yeah just like everything that happens in wrestling is because of Vince McMahon (laughs) (laughs) Dan goes and bails out the boys. He does. And he's just fucking ripping them to shreds. Specifically, Nathan. Yeah. Um, and, and then fucking Lucas drops the all-time fucking power bomb here and calls yeah. Dan, Dad. Dad. Daddy, I love you. Dad. Oh, my God. Calls him fucking Dad. Calls him Dad. Holy shit. And it happened. Dan's kind of being a dick to Nathan and whatever. And Nathan goes to walk off and Lucas says, or Dan says to Lucas, go spend time with your brother. He needs, he needs a friend. So he does. And then it pans over. We see Karen did show up. Yeah. To the jail. Yeah. Yeah. But he was already out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we go through a bit of a montage. Another fucking montage. I didn't really write down this montage because your notes were so fucking messy there, dude. That's kind of all over the place. Basically, the gist of it was Lucas and Nate were at the river court. They're playing basketball against each other. They were having fun. And and they were actually having a good time. And Lucas is like, why don't you just come back home, man? Just come back home. And we have Felix uh, with Brooke post party. Brooke is all fucking, "Ah, I'm not really digging the party vibes anymore. Yeah. And Felix is like, oh, really? And then they hug and Brooke has a very, very grimaced, concerned face on. Not really like concerned. It was more like 
disinterested. Yeah. She like, she's almost like checked her, out. And she's just like, looks just like, looks like eh. right. I'm not Much really like my this. face. Every time I see Felix and Anna, it's just like, mine's more of say, an eye roll though. I thought you were going to say your face when you hug me. And I was going to be like, bro, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you would think that. <laughs> And then at the end, like the very end, we see this kid again from this time capsule talking about, you know, his girl, his steady girl, Camilla. It's in black and white. And he mentions Camilla. And then we pan to Whitey cheering up. And that's Whitey. Literally Whitey in 1955 with his time capsule video. He's adorable. Now he won't be alive in 2055. And that rhyme, dude. A hundred years after that video was taken, but a lot of these kids, hopefully not Felix and Anna, will be. Wow. Yeah. Hopefully they'll die soon. That'd be great. So it sounds like the time capsule, like Whitey's time capsule had just been opened and that's why they were doing this project. Yeah, exactly. So the next time capsule, this one that they're filming won't be open till 2055. So yeah. It's pretty... 50 uh, fucking years. That's wow. a long time. That's crazy. Andy's investigators actually found some actual dirt on Dan. What it is, we don't know. Oh, But we may be finding out probably in the next episode or two. And then Lucas lays out the master plan to take down Dan. Mm-hmm. And that rhyme too. In the time too. capsule. And that rhyme too, brother. And he's got the fucking ultimate master plan to take down Dan. Scott himself. Overall, episode wasn't bad. I've seen better. I've seen worse. Pretty average episode. I give it a dollar sign 3.52. It's okay. It's okay. Could be better. Loses points for having Felix and Anna on it, of course. You know what we need to do? What's that? We only have till the end of season two with all of these names. Yeah. We We need to do season three. Well, A, yes. And B, I gotta smoke a huge ass fucking joint and get right ripped up. Do and you still have some from the ones that Chantel gave you? I got tons, dude. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna have to rip one, probably the start of my holidays, and then fucking just go off and think of every fucking wrestling reference I can, uh, can possibly think of to make sure we have more episode titles for season three and up. I probably do two seasons at a time. Because yeah. it's only 20-whatever episodes, so. Something. Easy. Easy. Not bad at all. Cool. Now, from one shocking episode, eh, that was kind of shocking here and there. There's some twists and turns. But not as much as the twists and turns that exist on the June 16th, 1997 episode. Sixteenth. The emphasis on the teenth of Monday Night Raw from Lake Placid, or if you can't get it up, Lake Flaccid. Wow. New York. <laughs> Dude. I'm waiting to drop that doozy. Uh, yeah, we're here in New York, and the main event of this show is Ahmed Johnson teaming up with The Undertaker to take on Farouk and a new nation member that is the main event and that's what we're building to at the end of the episode but first we start with 
Stoke Cold, Stoke Cold Steve Austin. The Texas Rattlesnake is here. And Jim Ross wants no part of interviewing Stone Cold Steve Austin, so he makes Vince McMahon do it instead. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, my ass has a high chance of getting kicked with this guy. Yeah, so I'll just send the boss up there, and maybe he can get called a chicken again. <laughs> that was so fucking funny. <laughs> but we find out that Shawn Michaels, as we alluded to on the last episode... He got in a backstage fight the night after King of the Ring with Brett the Hitman Hart. Got a bunch of his hair pulled out and threatened to quit the company right on the spot. So they said he had an injury. Mm, sounds familiar mm-hmm. in quotations. An injury. Re-injured his knee or something. Re-injured his surgically repaired knee that he just backflips on and sprints at fucking 60 miles an hour. Uh in this backstage fight, he is out four to six weeks. So where does that leave Stone Cold Steve Austin? Because him... Also, Brett is re-injured. Re-injured, but not as bad, apparently. So he probably is ready to go for Canadian Stampede in Calgary at the big pay-per-view in July. But four to six weeks, Shawn Michaels is going to be out. So who is Stone Cold's new partner? Because he's a tag team champ with Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is gone now. They have to defend those belts. Who is Austin's partner going to be? And we get the first guy to throw his name in the hat. Pick me, Steve! Pick me! I got a nice ass! (laughs) And apparently, because Shawn Michaels has long hair and likes to shake his ass... Uh, Mankind also has long hair and also likes to shake his ass because he does have a nice ass. And I love how Austin's very nice to him and says, a nice, big, fat ass. <laughs> at least he says it's a nice ass. Oh, my God. Maybe big and fat, but at least it's a nice, big, fat ass. Like my ass? I like your ass. Of course you do. Very muchly. And, uh, yeah, Mick's got a bit of a donka donk here, so <laughs> he could easily uh, come into this tag team and replace... Uh, the heartbreak kid but later on in the evening stone cold will finally be having his much awaited one-on-one match with boston pizza bp himself boston pizza brian pillman and now we didn't get it at the king of the ring much like nathan and lucas amalgamating and being handcuffed to something all the members sans bret hart of the Heart Foundation. He's not like, there. Drag him back. He's not there. Drag him there. He's not there. Handcuff him. He's in he's in Calgary. He's in a wonderful country with health care and gun laws. <laughs> By the way, yeah, we're finally gonna get this match. Mm-hmm. When did that happen? I forget. What? Match. Later on. Oh, okay. Later on it happens. But every Oh yeah, I remember. Single Yes, I have a bone to pick with the refs from that match, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, but every single member stands Bret Hart will be handcuffed to the post, much like That's Lucas unfair. and Nathan. He should be handcuffed. Too. He's in Calgary right now. I don't care. It's too bad. Fly him down they're and in, handcuff him. They're in Lake... Fl- and then fly him back. They're in Lake, no one cares. They're in Lake Flaccid right now, so... Uh, Brett's not even in the same country, so he's not there. But the other three members of the Hart Foundation are there, and they will be handcuffed to the ring. So they will not be able 
to interfere in this match. But Ken Shamrock joins the fray, and he's not too impressed with the Stone Cold Stunner that Austin gave him the week prior for no reason. Because <laughs> Shamrock honestly didn't do anything to Austin besides save him, and Austin just went rogue yeah, but and kicked his ass anyway. Stone Cold is like... He's a loner, dude. He's DTA. I said I want to be alone. Yeah, dude. You know? I told you. I don't need friends. I don't need a tag team partner. I don't He's need help. He's told everyone a million times, and no one listens. DTA. Don't trust anybody. And that is a motto that Stone Cold Steve Austin lives by every single day. How many of these fucking Ken Shamrock problems? I don't like bullies. You're a bully. And tonight, at this show tonight, this bully tonight, I'm going to challenge him. And I'm going to challenge you, bully Stone Cold, tonight. That's literally all his promos. (laughs) Tonight, challenge and bullies. That's all he has to say. That's all he has to say. I get it. Bullies (laughs) suck, but like, bro, you're a little obsessed. And Stone Cold's like, well, I'll fucking, uh, I'll fucking finish off Brian Pillman's fucking raspy carcass, and I'll take out Ken Shamrock right after that. And Ken Shamrock says, well, you better knuckle up because I'll be ready. You better get out of my zone because he got in my zone. Oh yeah, he talks about zones a lot too. He does. And yeah. the thing is, a lot of zoning infractions with Ken. He's Shamrock. the one that's gotten up in Stone Cold zone yeah, right now. Right? So. Uh, I don't think Stone Cold's in your zone right now. You better bro. get out of his own zone, honestly. Feels like this guy's got some anger issues. He does. A little bit. It seems like. Yeah, he, like, chill the fuck out, dude. Yeah, dude. Get out of your zone for Yet, once. Yeah, we're obsessed with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he clearly has him it's not anger that, issues. It's not like the big thing with Stone Cold is that he has anger issues. He just doesn't give a fuck about anybody. No. He's he like, just fuck honestly you. doesn't I'm care about kick your ass anyone. For fun. It's not about being mad at people. It's just who he is. He doesn't fucking care about anybody. Yeah, probably why my personality is what it is because I worship Stone Cold Steve Austin as a child. Actually, I worship Stone Cold Steve Austin since I was eight years old. So, and that's almost thirty years, dude. Uh, also, we get oh my goodness, we get a fucking ad for the Stone Cold said so VHS. And remember WrestleMania thirteen the, when? Oh, I get it. Oh, I get it. It sounded like you said because Stone Cold said so, but you said because Stone very, very quickly. So it said sounded like you said because Stone, because Stone, like Calzone, but Calzone like... Calzone or Custodian. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about, In bro? In zone, Calzone, zone. Because uh, Stone Cold said so is... Steve Austin's very first VHS presentation from the WWF. Which you said that you had. Uh, yeah. Or had when uh, you were a kid. Yeah. I did have this VHS. Uh, so there was two covers. So the original cover was the violent cover. So that was the cover. It's a black VHS box. And on the front, it's Austin's bloody face from WrestleMania 13 Ew. when he was in the sharpshoes. Just his face blood pouring down that's the cover in canada dude where i'm from they felt that was too violent to put on store shelves so they just had a white cover with austin's skull like on the back of his austin 316 shirt like that white skull with like the blue stone cold lettering and the Mm -hmm. smoke coming out of the eyes that was just the cover in canada because when i got this at zeller's in 1998 that was the cover they had and i got this and mind you i've probably seen this vhs 20 times 
Wow. Easily 20 times. And, you know, what do you do when you're an only child in fucking Chilliwack when you're 10 years old? When your mom's at work and you got nothing to do. You've already played all your video games. You already watched all your movies. You watch because Stone Cold said so. <laughs> and it's hilarious because it basically covers his entire ECW run. And it uh, covers his debut in WWF right up until basically this era. Right till King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. And that's where it stops. But it's completely 100% uncensored. So no bleeping, no cutting out blood, all the language, all the violence there. And not only that, I think we honestly have to watch it one day because it's hilarious. It's narrated completely by Stone Cold in character. Oh, my God. (laughs) Narrated by Stone Cold in character. So, like, it starts and it's like, you better know by now, my name is Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I'm the toughest son of a bitch in the WWF. And I whipped your ass of everybody in the WWF. And these are my favorite matches, my promos. And you're just going to see two hours of absolute ass kicking narrated by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Here's the thing. We can watch that. <laughs> yes, please. On one condition. Okay. I'm no longer pregnant and I can be high for it. Okay. That's that's fine. <laughs> After we and have this you. baby and you're no longer pregnant... We will watch this video. You will love it. Because I, yeah, I need oh, to and that's not the only it. one, dude. I have five. You have five? I have five VHSs. You fucking nerd. Yeah, obviously. Uh, I have five VHSs of Stone Cold Steve Austin from the Attitude Era. I've got Stone Cold Said So, which is the first one. So it goes till this period. So basically, the ending of it is yes. King of the Ring. The second video is Austin 316 Uncensored, which is almost more of a documentary style. Jim Ross kind of interviews Austin. He uses some very foul language that they don't show on television, but they do on the video. And that kind of goes from post King of the Ring till like maybe April of 98. Okay. And then there's a third one that I have called Hell Yeah that picks up around April, May of 98 and goes for probably about a year-ish, I guess. Wow. And then there's another one after that, and there's another one after that. Five VHSs I had as Stone Cold Steve Austin. We will watch them all. And if I could find a fucking VCR, probably go to a pawn shop or a fucking uh, weirdo uh, swap meet or some weird shit, I could find a VCR with some hookups and fucking watch this shit because I have the original VHSs at my mom's place. I got them. You didn't move them here when you moved in with me? No. Why would I need VHSs here? Well, all of your shit is your pride and joy. But it's VHSs. I don't even have a VCR anymore. I know. And all that's We don't have a DVD player anymore. Well, we have a DVD player, but it's PlayStation 2, 3, and 4. (laughs) Well, yeah. But still, like... We don't even have, like, a proper CD player anymore. And we have CDs. No one does. Like... Damn. No one does, man. I still do in my car, so I should probably like for the Bluetooth shits yeah. the bed or something. Like you have have, CDs. Because I you don't have, have your fucking booklet of CDs. Oh my god. Right? You have your booklet. gigantic binder and have all your CDs in there. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. Like 
fuck, of course, I was a fucking worshiper of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Of course, I had all the fucking videos back in the day. Why wouldn't I? And I had the shirts, and I had a fucking door poster and other posters of Stone Cold. I had the figurines. I had... Oh, I know. The figurines are on our fucking mantle. Yeah, those are all bought in my adult years, though. There's only a couple I have originally from back in the day, because I played with them. I made them wrestle. Like, I had tons of wrestling figures with a wrestling (laughs) ring, and I made up matches, and I would have the matches and do shows with them like every other kid who had wrestling figures did y'all are nerds i didn't procure them i didn't keep them in nice condition i just made them wrestle each other like they did on tv i wish all my um all my old hasbros and fucking all these old uh wrestling figures that i had that are all worth an intense amount of money in box i wish i would have bought two of them because they're all five dollars back then and I would have had one for wrestling and one for keeping safe in the package. Mint on card. Wow. Don't You're even have to talk about how much I'm a nerd because most people who are nerds listen to this podcast and most podcast listeners of us are nerds. you nerds. Why would I ever fucking not be a nerd? You know what fucking low blow to me was, though? In high school, nerds weren't cool yet. And then I graduated, and then fucking Big Bang Theory came out, and then nerds were cool. So I missed the fucking boat. Yeah. That's bullshit. But you know what? I didn't have my glow up until after high school anyways. True. So there you go. Nerddom. Embrace it. You're a nerd. You're a fucking emo nerd. You're a One Tree Hill nerd. That's even nerdier than wrestling, dude. How's that nerdier than wrestling? Millions and millions and millions and millions of people are nerds about wrestling. How many people are nerds about a show that lasted for nine seasons in the millions 2000s? Millions and millions and millions of people. But how many are still nerds about it now? Oh, there's lots. More than wrestling? There's like five or More six. More than wrestling? Like six One Tree Hill pages that I'm a part of. How many One Tree Hill podcasts are out there right now? I don't know. Ten? Uh, a lot of one, them ended after like season two, so. And only one good one left. <laughs> wow. How many wrestling podcasts are there? You don't even want to know, dude. The nerddom for wrestling is way stronger than the nerddom for One Tree Hill. But so you have why? to be a super nerd to be into something as obscure as a show that lasted That's nine not, years. It's not obscure, dude. It's more obscure than wrestling. How many of <laughs> your friends watch One Tree Hill? Lots. How many? Actually, Kennedy's never you even have watched friends. One Tree Hill. Okay. <laughs> Get on topic here, brother. <laughs> I need to talk about the new Blackjacks, the fucking blowjob bros. The BJs. Bros. Yeah, the blowjob bros up against Owen and Bulldog. And now that Stone Cold Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels can't defend the tag titles together, we need number one contenders for these tag titles. And we're going to have a tournament to decide that in the first round tournament matchup. Which we just had the King of the Ring tournament. Now we have a tag team tournament for the number one contenders. Oh and it's the Blowjob Bros against Owen and Bulldog. And it's very easy to see between these two teams who, <laughs> who would win this match. Yes. The former champions are the guys who probably haven't won a single match on the main <laughs> roster yet. Pretty oh obvious. God. And not only that, we get our wonderful Owen Hart spinning heel kick and then a jackknife pin for the win, and that rhyme too, dude, and Bulldog. And your favorite part of the match, 
Bulldogs music played at the beginning when they yes, came out. Yes, I've been so pissed off about Brett's music playing. Like, he's so fucking special. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Um, and it's just been pissing me off so much because these other two, like... They have good music. It, why is it that Brett's music was playing when he wasn't even in the fucking match? Sure. I get it's part of the foundation, but who cares? Like, I feel like if he's not part of the match, they should play their own songs. Sure. And Real Britannia is a bot, and so is Owen Hart's fucking music. Yeah. So I, I feel much like you, where we should be getting their music when it's just them, either one on one or tag team match. And they do, and they play Real Britannia at the beginning. And after he gets the pinfall win. And they will play it later, erroneously. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, Undertaker has a promo. No, scratch that. Paul Bear has a promo because Taker is not allowed to say a goddamn word because. Hush, Rick and Mortis, I own you. You have to do everything I say. Every single damn thing. Oh. Hush, Rick and Mortis. I hate this guy. He needs to be murdered so bad. Eventually, it'll happen. Not in our arc, but eventually it'll happen. Please. And he also is dead Please. in real life, too. Good. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. He's a legend. No. Uh, he's a legend, no. brother. Uh, then we get uh, Ken Shamrock, another promo backstage where he talks about challenges, bullies, and getting in zones. Uh, <laughs> Phineas Godwin is back. One hillbilly fuck. One of hillbilly two. One of two hillbilly fucks are out here, and he's got a singles match against Triple H. Triple H. And Phineas, because he is a country bumpkin, he likes to use mule kicks in his uh, matches, so he kicks like a mule, I guess. Uh, Jerry the King Lauder, though. Um, Not on commentary for much of this show. Um, Thank God. Hasn't actually been on commentary too much. He's been more involved in the actual wrestling of it as opposed to the commentary. And he loses a lot of the time, so that's yeah, perfect. He tends to as well, yes, absolutely, which is nice. Uh, so Jim Ross with the King Quip here saying that Phineas loved 8th grade so much, he took it three times. <laughs> I mean, I could see that. Now, in a match with Hunter Hearst Helmsley, do you think maybe somebody else might get involved in his match? I don't know. Who would that be? China. 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 People think I don't like China. I love China. 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 Is the new China, by the way. China. 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 I deal with China. 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 Big league. China. So don't tell me about China. I know China. China. And by the way, I love China. I mean, I love China. How can you not love China? I love China. 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 Yes, of course, China will be getting involved in this match because... Probably not in the way she would have uh, hoped or... No, <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> now, ideally for China, she comes in, the ref's back is turned, she gives a low blow or she body slams. Kicks some ass. Kicks some fucking ass. And the referee turns back around. China's standing with her arms crossed on the outside like nothing happens. And then we get a pedigree win from Triple H. Not so much the case this time. We do get a pedigree win from Triple H, but not before... A very tender, loving, sweet, and soft kiss. I would have vomited. (laughs) Placed on the ever-loving lips of China from one Phineas Godwin. I I would have vomited. This is a guy who throws slop for a living. You want that guy kissing you? No. So this is, I guess this is the first action China's getting on the main roster. Literally oh yeah, she's spitting. She's like, (laughs) this is disgusting. But you know what? 
you got to make sacrifices sometimes. And he turns around and gets the pedigree for the one, two, three. And that rhymed too, dude. And I'm on a roll, brother. And Henry O, not Phineas I, Henry O Godwin comes out and basically pushes around his tag team partner here and says, you got to straighten the fuck up, bro. And could this be maybe a little bit more of a more aggressive side to the Godwins as opposed to the hillbilly fucks? They're still the hillbilly fucks. They will always be the hillbilly fucks to you. But what if they change characters and they're not hillbillies anymore? I'll make up a new name for whatever. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. Then we got some weird-ass match I did not give a flying fuck about. Yes. Yeah, we did. Uh, Not cool. Even just before that, of course, Sunny comes out. Oh, yeah. That's favorite. I didn't write that down because I hate her. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's all a whole bunch of hate for Aaron here because not only is Sunny the ring announcer for this match, we also get the advocate for the rating. I have to see him and piece of dog shit in the same fucking episode. Defending. Undisputed world heavyweight champion of the world, Brooke Davis. You mean Broke Davis? Either or. Sonny is introducing here. And now for the wrestling fans out there, they know exactly who these two guys are. But for the Aaron fans out there and the One Tree Hill fans, they don't exactly know who these guys are. But they are wrestlers. Formerly and in the future, you will see them. Brian Christopher up against Chris Candido. So a USWA star There's against lots an of Chris's, ECW. Apparently. Lots of Chris's. Uh, how many Chris's do we have? I don't know. But no? there was two in this match, so. Two in this match? Christopher? A Brian Christopher? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if Chris Candido married Brian Christopher, he would be Chris Christopher. Oh my god! <laughs> Don't you hate that when someone has the like their first dude, name is the same dude, as their last dude, name? Dude, you want to know something funny? There's three guys I know and I'm friends with. One guy's named Dave Davies. One guy's named Dave Davidson, and one guy's named Dave Davis. <laughs> Why were your parents so mean to you? <laughs> Dave Davies is a security guard for Save All Foods. Dave Davidson is the singer and guitar player for Revocation, and Dave Davis is the former guitar player for Annihilator. Parents, get your shit together. Brian Christopher up against Christopher Candido, and Brian Christopher from the USWA. Jerry the King Lawler has a gimmick where he does not like to take credit for having this son, Brian Christopher, but yes, in fact, Brian Christopher is Jerry the King Lawler's biological son and if you look at his face close enough you'll see it (laughs) definitely but we don't need another one of those guys he got a son now and he's almost just as if not more annoying than king going forward yeah i mean where does he where does he get it from right why do we have to be annoying we get king's offspring and that times too dude uh no he's not jerry's kid or at least he doesn't like to say he is but then fucking king and rvd come in and they break up the match and tommy dreamer comes in and it's a whole fucking shebang a bang here and it just keeps going off the rails with all these ecw and uswa guys chris candido by the way is Sonny's husband the one that 
was oblivious to her cheating on him with Shawn Michaels for years. Wow. Yes. Everyone knew. Except for him. How would you, like, if everyone else knows, and, you know, your wife's a hoe, it's, how could you not, like, at least suspect? It's one It's one of those uh, Nancy John Redcorn on King of the Hill things, is that uh, Dale Gribble is married to Nancy, Nancy Gribble, and she has massage appointments with John Redcorn every day, and she takes off with him constantly, and he's completely oblivious to Nancy taking off with this dark, good-looking indigenous john redcorn every day and then they come back later uh everyone in the neighborhood and everyone in town is fully aware of what is going on except for dale himself and that's what i kind of feel chris cantino is going for oh sonny just disappeared with Shawn michaels for a couple hours oh well i guess i'll be back later yeah wow <laughs> dale gribble himself i think if chris cantino comes back you're gonna have to call him dale gribble see i'm too like curious and detective-y about that kind of shit curious or nosy fuck off (laughs) um no if you inquisitorial if you are like just going out and not saying where i'm going and and who i'm with yeah and it's not work or anything like i could see why you suspect i would be like yeah Get in my car. Follow me. With a wig on or something and some sunglasses. <laughs> Get in your car that has a THWF podcast <laughs> sticker on it. And you're real incognito. In that. <laughs> your big silver Kia Sorento. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, you're really on the DL with that one, babe. I'd hide. <laughs> wow okay uh jim the anvil night here what if i like borrowed one of my siblings cars i know what your siblings cars look like too i know but how would you know if it's me there's a lot of blue jettas around chilliwack oh sure but i would take one quick look in my rear view mirror and say why is aaron wearing a wig <laughs> fuck off <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to the grocery store. Why is she calling or following me? <laughs> this is why I ask what you're doing all the time. Uh, Where are you, you going? Won't. Where are you doing? Shut the fuck up. Your trust <laughs> issues just cripple you like Bret Hart's knee. Jim the net. Jim the Blame M. certain ex-boyfriends for that. Right, well, don't blame me because I ain't them, brother. I'm a current fucking fiance slash husband. Jim the animal Nightheart. Heart fucker. Heart fucker himself. Uh, probably not the best husband in the world <laughs> with all his uh, issues. Oh, boy. Uh, legal or not. Uh, up against Golden Chicken, Chicken McNugget. And he is here with the wonderful Golden Titties herself, Marlena. Bulldog comes out, though, in the middle of the match and starts stalking Marlena because he almost hit her with a chair last week. But Goldust is pretty fucking wise to that and makes sure he gets on the outside, making sure that Goldie defends his woman. Uh, once they get back in the ring, uh, you like Goldust, uh, one of his signature moves, uh, much like his dad, Dusty Rhodes, did, where he gets whipped into the ropes, and then the other guy, he bends over to do like a backdrop, but then he drops down and gives him the uppercut. <laughs> I love that move. It's great. But he did this to Anvil, 
and he completely whiffed and missed on the punch, and it was very obvious he missed. But Anvil took the bump anyways, and then he won the match with that. One, two, three on a phantom fucking punch. Oh, my God. Because the fucking Rhino, that big fucking bastard, he has no fucking idea how to work. And Jim the Anvil Nyhart loses by air. <laughs> 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 but the best part about the match, even though this terrible punch that completely whiffed and, uh, you know, oh, sure, it was a missed punch. Maybe he got, he caught a cold or caught pneumonia from the wind being too much and knocked him back. Either way, they don't play the Heart Foundation song. They don't play Gold Dust song after <laughs> winning this match. They play <laughs> Tasselblue's song. <laughs> so not only do you get it once, not only do you get it twice, you get three it times. thrice. You get it three fucking times. Bulldog wasn't even in this match. It he gets was his so funny. <laughs> One, two, three. Ding, ding, ding. Dun, 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 dun. And then they're like, and then they're like shit. It's like record scratch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Gold Dust music plays. Oh, my God. Whoever was, was so fucking funny. in control of the fucking music Probably at that time. Fired. They were yeah, fired. Oh and he will never be seen again. Finally, we get Stone Cold Steve Austin, Brian Pillman, Holly- Boston Pizza, Hollywood Blondes, former tag team in the Bush Leagues, Pillman and Austin finally getting it on with. Oh, they're getting it. Oh, on. they're getting right. on, dude. <laughs> the raspy carcass up against the can of whoop ass, uh, handcuffed Heart Foundation at ringside. Nowhere to go, handcuffed to the ring. Here's the bone I have to pick. Okay, what's your bone to pick, brother? Okay, so they just like handcuffed one hand. To the the little metal part that connects the turnbuckle to the post, yes. So now you're still leaving these guys with their one hand free. Sure, okay. You know, kind of dumb. I mean, they're still handcuffed to it. They, they can't what, go anywhere. Yeah, but they can still fuck around like fucking Cutie Patootie was doing. <laughs> and so what they would have been smart to do is handcuff the one. Yeah. And then wrap around and handcuff the other so that they literally can't fucking do anything. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. But I guess like they said they'd be handcuffed to the ring. I guess technically they wouldn't be handcuffed to the ring. They would just be handcuffed themselves around the ring. But like, still, it would but, be yeah, around the post. They wouldn't, the be, able post. To go they wouldn't be able to go anywhere. Sure. And they wouldn't be able to fuck around. But every handcuff spot ever was more or less just handcuffed to the ring or to an object. I don't know it probably looked, makes more sense. They looked like one of those handcuffs that you would get like a sex store. shop or something or where you just store. have the little tab that you push down and yeah. it just opens. Sure. Yeah. Looked like that. Yeah, fair enough. I can see that. <laughs> uh, but funnily enough, like what makes the most sense for Stone Cold in this match? They're fucking handcuffed to the ring. So why not just beat their ass? They only have While one they're hand. Handcuffed. And that's exactly what he does. So he good. takes his turn going around the ring, going to each member of the Heart Foundation and beating their ass because they're completely defenseless. <laughs> and Austin would beat up defenseless men. Uh, also, Pillman gets a chair involved, but he gets it pushed right back in his face and it legit shoot, breaks, breaks his, his nose. fucking nose. And he is bleeding like a stuck pig now austin's beating down pillman in the corner and he's getting a little bit of jaw jacking from the referee saying him get get him out of the corner good old mike Kyoto, my favorite referee of all time mike Kyoto. because he's asian no 
He's not Asian. He's a white guy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Kyoda does not sound. It's C-H-I-O-D-A. Oh. Kyoda. It still doesn't sound, you know. He's white as all fuck, dude. Doesn't sound white. I don't know what it is. I don't know what he is. He's my Kyoto, dude. <laughs> and he's not Asian. He's a white guy. He used to have a mullet in the early 90s. He's definitely not Asian. I'll tell you that much. But uh, Kyoto here. Kyoto. Uh, not, uh, yeah, I don't see it. I see Kyoto, like a T-A, but not a duh. Kyoto. Me. I don't know. Either way, he's white. Fuck. Uh, so he takes he eats a stone cold stunner for his problems and then he takes the stunner in the corner so that's kind of the whole idea of this is that he ate the stunner in the corner but he's in Owen's corner oh yes and you know you think that just like I don't know of course they have it where each ref I guess has handcuff keys uh, this was the main ref for the match. So he was the one who locked them up and put the keys in his pocket. And that's the only set of keys. Well, that was dumb. Well, how would we have known that he would eat a stone cold stunner and be in the exact corner of Owen Hart who picked his pocket? Owen and took legit the keys? stole that key. Because he's smart and knows that's where the keys are and could get himself free and the rest of his team. <sighs> and that's exactly what he fucking does. Little shit. He picks. Fucking, I love him, but little shit. I love him. That's a great smart. That's a smart move, though, dude. You know, He's he, such a turd. He is. He's the little brother. He's the youngest of 12 children. Of course he's a little turd. He has to be. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and he picks the pocket of Kyoto. He unlocks himself. He goes, gives the key to Nineheart, who unlocks himself. And he also gives the key to Bulldog, and he unlocks himself. And then they could have a four-on-one fucking beatdown of Stone Cold. Stone Cold has already fought this match. Now he's getting beat down by four guys. But to the rescue, Ken Shamrock, Gold Dust. And mankind all coming to the aid of one SCSA. Well, also the Spiky Dino Bros. So after they start running off Heart Foundation, uh, Stone Cold's look like he's going to go after Shamrock again. But Shamrock actually gets the one up on Austin and gives him a belly-to-belly suplex Mm -hmm. and takes out Austin. But after that, looks like they're going to go at it again. And fucking Legion of Doom themselves, the Spiky Dino Bros, come out to stop this. Goldust gets on the mic, and he says, well, they lay down a challenge here, and it's five of the Heart Foundation, and I'm looking at five of the best guys from America to take on those guys. So what do you say? Shamrock, Goldust, Spiky Dino Bros, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. What about Mankind? That's the team... Mankind's busy with Triple H right now because he's going to have a rematch with Triple H at Canadian Stampede. So he's busy. Undertaker's busy. Shawn Michaels lost another smile. Oh, my God. <laughs> and who does that leave? Shamrock, Goldie, and the Spiky Dino Bros to team up with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And obviously Austin's like, I don't want to fucking have you guys as partners. Fuck that. I'll take on the whole Heart Foundation myself. I'll take on Stu, Helen, and yeah, the other 11 kids. But we know how that would go down. But your grandpa won't have any of that. So nope. he realizes for one night only in fucking Calgary in July on the 6th, he's going to have to team up with these four dudes to take on the Heart Foundation. So now we have our match. 10-man tag. Five on five. Shamrock, 
Legion of Doom, Goldie, a lot of people. It sounds and very Stone Cold excessive. against the Heart Foundation. Who do you got in Canada? <sighs> this match is one follow a finish. Also, so whoever gets the first pinfall, that team wins. Okay, it's well, not elimination. Style. I really want it to be like Stone Cold and Spiky Dino Bros, but I feel like because it's in Canada, it's in the Heart Foundation's hometown, literally in Calgary. Uh, Do you know how over and popular these guys will be in Calgary? The American team will be the heels in this match. That's I don't like it. How forceful and loud this crowd will be for the Heart Foundation. And I remember watching this match when I was eight years old, how big of a fan I was of Bret Hart and how big of a fan I was of the Heart Foundation being a Canadian kid enjoying these guys for their family values. Oh, God. And getting a hero's reception everywhere they went in Canada. And they were my heroes, dude. Yeah, but then you had Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Who and you I love Stone Cold. With. And I love Stone Cold. Didn't mean I didn't love Brett still. Dude. Yeah. Get your priorities straight. <laughs> so next match here, uh, another Who fucking cares? Jobber match that Sable's introducing for some reason. It was literally who for the first guy versus who? Who fucking cares at this point? <laughs> Who versus, who versus who fucking cares? Uh, Bobby Fulton versus Tommy Rogers, former U.S. or current or tag or one on singles. I don't know. They're they're USWA guys. No one really cares. Uh, it's actually kind of cool that Tommy Rogers uses the Impaler as a finishing move. But either way, no one fucking cares. But what we do care is that Mark Merrow's out again post-match, giving the finger to fucking Sable, saying, get over here, stop strutting your stuff, you're my girl, get out of the ring, let's get the fuck out of here. Mark Merrow, controlling boyfriend. Now, the thing is, they're married in real life, but on screen, they just had the manager-wrestler relationship. There was no actual, you know, they never said it, they're boyfriend and girlfriend, they're married or anything, it's just this whole possible jealousy thing and i don't think it's more of the jealousy uh it's more the jealousy of marrow saying i'm the star here i'm the wrestler and now you're out showing your tits and you're the popular one i've been gone for months and you're getting cheers because you're coming out hawking inflatable chairs (laughs) (laughs) and where's my where's my cheers i'm the wrestler i'm a good wrestler oh my god why are you out here why are you getting the cheers get the fuck back here with me i'm the star He's jealous. I hate this guy. It's not that he's overprotective. He's just jealous of her popularity. He's controlling and I don't like it. Mm, boy. Also, I don't like controlling. Don't like controlling, eh? Yeah. Don't do it. I'll fucking kill. <laughs> I've watched enough murder mystery podcasts. I will only control the television remote. Headbangers will also control the boombox, and they're taking on Jerry the King Lawler and Rob Van Dam. Stranger Things. Stranger Things here. And Pervy King. Ew. <laughs> Stranger Things and Pervy King. <laughs> that rhymes. And that rhymes, brother. And there's a lot of rhyme time going on in this podcast, dude. And it's a tag tourney match to see who the number one contender for the tag titles will be. Heyman. <laughs> My name. 
Paul Heyman. He is at ringside, uh, outside of the rail. Uh, he's bought in a ticket. He bought a ticket, and so did Tommy Dreamer. Just like the Hart Foundation bought tickets at Cold Day in Hell for the front row. Bought and tickets. I love how he actually jumps the rail to get involved in Jim Ross with another great King quip. He did not jump the rail. He waddled over the rail. <laughs> wow. Yes. But then Sandman, I know you're not too big on these uh, ECW guys, but Sandman comes in with the fucking Singapore cane, or better known as the kendo stick, and low blows Jerry the King Waller with said kendo stick and starts to shave with said kendo stick. That was pretty good. But yeah. otherwise, fuck off. You guys are wasting my time. Yeah, CCW mm-hmm. on WWE. Either way, Headbangers win, and they move on in the tournament. Now, earlier in the show, Farouk from the Nation of Domination. And this is what we're here for, folks. This is the fucking main event. Earlier in the night, Farouk laid down the fucking challenge. He said, Ahmed, Undertaker, get your shit together because you're facing me, and I am going to introduce two new members of the new nation of domination tonight two and they're going to be bigger they're going to be better they're going to be badder and they're going to be blacker and they kept pushing that home over and over again bigger better badder blacker oh yes look at the signs brother look at the signs so here we are the main event Now, I will need to tread lightly here because uh, Babe here, my wonderful, beautiful, amazing podcast co-host here, is wielding said wooden drumstick and ready to take my fucking head off. (laughs) But uh, you will be seeing a wonderful reaction video on TikTok and Instagram soon enough (laughs) about this main event match. Ahmed and Undertaker. Paul Bear. I don't want to talk about it. We got to talk about it, dude. I don't want to talk about it. We got to talk about it, dude. This is the big thing right here. Okay? Okay, let's set the scene here, okay? Uh, Ahmed Johnson comes into the WWF 1996, comes in doing great. Very strong, great look, glistening thonginator. He is the fucking man. Wins the Intercontinental title, beats fucking Goldust at King of the Rank for it. He's the fucking champ. He's on top. He wins the fucking Kuwaiti Cup. He wins this. He wins that. He's over as all fuck. He's over like Grover, brother. He is awesome. And then Farouk comes in, and he fucking goes after the kidneys, and he fucking takes out Ahmed. And Ahmed's out for fucking six months. Because Farouk took him out. And finally, when Amu was ready to come back, Farouk couldn't beat him off all by himself. He had to form the nation of domination. Put your fucking fist He had down. to form a nation to deal with Ahmed. And they went back and forth for a fucking year, going at it. Back and forth, back and forth. Matches, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania Street Fight, gauntlet matches, raw matches, fucking getting whipped, getting kicked, 
getting punched. Fucking a gigantic, huge feud that me and Justin, my best friend, Double J, who's been on the podcast before, we both agreed, man. We wanted Ahmed to murder Farouk when we were kids. That was something that needed to happen because Farouk was such a dick to fucking Ahmed Johnson. And here we are in this match. Fucking Kama Mustafa is one of the new nation members. Formerly Papa Shango, formerly Kama the Supreme Fighting Machine, who melted down the Undertaker's urn and turned it into a necklace for himself, and also lost a casket match to the Undertaker at SummerSlam, is now back in the nation as Kama Mustafa. Here's the thing. He's not blacker. <laughs> I guess he's blacker than Crush and Savio. Well, yeah. That's but probably he's why. He's not blacker than fucking for Farik Farik for fuck. Farik for fuck's sakes. Uh yeah, but yeah, yeah, he's darker than uh Savio and Crush. But uh, so Undertaker's in this match and he gets uh, bamboozled here by fucking Kama who comes into the ring. And in real life, uh, one of Undertaker's best friends is Kama Mustafa here. Charles Wright, who owns a strip club in Las Vegas these days. No longer wrestler. Uh, Does make appearances from time to time, though. But he is here and he is in most of the match against the undertaker they beat the fuck out of the undertaker undertaker unable to get a tag to ahmed this entire match now that is a very important thing to note ahmed does not get into this match at all undertaker gets beaten down then he takes the fucking side suplex all the while ahmed is on the outside dealing with Paul Bear and pushes Paul Bear over and he takes a real nice pratfall on, on the outside. It's pretty hilarious because you see his belly and his legs just go straight up. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Like, But that's not something we remember about this because I don't, what I did we not remember do remember at all. is what happens next. Fuck off. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, it's a THWF podcast, dude, and this is something that happened on an episode not of Monday Night baby. Raw. And we got to fucking talk about this shit. I no. want your Monday Night Raw is war reaction of what happened. Kama, side suplex, beats The Undertaker, the world champion, clean in the middle. One, two, three. Amazingly enough, this guy's basically been kind of a jobber his whole career. Comes in on his first night as a new character and cleanly beats the world champion with a suplex. So... That happens. Ahmed comes into the ring. Looks like he's going to fight off the nation. The nation? They do nothing. They just walk out. Ahmed gives them a dirty look. They walk up the ramp. Ahmed looks like, it's okay, Taker. I know. It sucks. You got you got uh, taken out from behind. You lost the match. Whatever. He t- helps them up. Then he hooks the li- arms. Hooks one arm. Hooks another arm. Lifts them up. And it's the PRP, the Pearl River Plunge. And you think, oh, is he going for the world title? What the hell's going on here? And even Jim Ross himself on commentary. No, no, don't tell me, damn it. This can't be happening. Don't tell me this is happening, damn it. Ahmed Johnson gets out of the ring after Pearl River plunging the Undertaker walks up the ramp 
They left a fucking gap in their lineup. And that gap was for Ahmed. No! Don't do it! Because we are the nation. Living in color. Don't diss Ahmed or he'll bum rush the Undertaker and join the nation of domination. No! A year's worth of an absolute feverish and violent feud between the nation Farouk and Ahmed turns on the fans, turns on the Undertaker, and turns on everybody in the wrestling world. Ahmed Johnson, the thonginator. I don't like it. I'm so upset right now. The nation Fuck that. of domination. Why would you join your worst fucking enemy? <laughs> How does this make fucking sense? <laughs> By any means necessary, brother. The only thing I can think of is he's joining, in quotations, okay. to take them down. From the inside. Yes. Being like a mole, basically. Yes. Hmm. Could see that. Because otherwise, like, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking that way. That moment. That this whole thing this whole feud has gone on and he's just gonna be like okay i'm gonna join the nation what what no no (laughs) he's just letting bygones be bygones brother this cannot happen (laughs) no my baby and then sean's like do you think he's gonna change his outfit no the only thing that would be acceptable is if they put him in a fucking thong. Like, black, faux real. A black thong. A faux real black thong. <laughs> <laughs> and even that, still unfucking acceptable. Oh, cut, cut the promo, dude. I'm not happy. Yeah. Owen and Bulldog broke your heart. That broke my heart, but this is worse. This is just... This is like... This if is high you, treason here. This is like if you came to me tomorrow and was like, babe... I'm done. We're over. Whoa. That's what you're comparing I'm taking it to? the kids. That's like, what you're comparing this to? This is, this is, this this is, is the lot. fucking turn that Ahmed did to you? I had this like serious? nightmares <laughs> about this match and this whole situation that is just... No! I can't. I can't. His back. I will on not you. accept it. Your one of your favorite wrestlers. I cannot accept it ever. Why are they betraying <laughs> me? First it was Owen and Bulldog, but this one, this one just hurts. This hurts. It hits home. At least Stone Cold. He's Stone Cold. He's not going to be able to fucking betray me. He hates everyone. Yeah. Yeah. How could he ever turn heel? Well, he's just a heel he, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't he matter. turned face and he's still a fucking heel. Exactly. So. He still cheats. He still kick guys in the balls. It doesn't uh, matter. But Ahmed, what are you doing? No. What are you doing, Bae. bro? Dude. Ahmed. I just want to I just want to give him a hug and be like, it's OK. If this isn't what you want, you can tell me and I'll keep it a secret <laughs> and I'll let you play your game that you need to play to beat these motherfuckers. But clearly this was in 1997 and I was 
a little child that had never watched wrestling in my fucking life. You were seven years old and you had no way of being able to warn the tribulations to Ahmed about joining the Nation of Domination. This is terrible. I know. Now I've been looking forward to this episode of Raw. I know you have. You've been like, months. "Ooh, this episode's gonna like just you be wait, just you wait." So now you see Undertaker, and then you whip out your fucking phone and record my reaction, sneakily, you asshole. And I have your raw and reaction, then, and then I'm like, "What the hell?" And then your daughter comes out of her room <laughs> and is like laughing at me. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, we love triggering my wonderful, wonderful wife, Erin, here on the Tree Hill Wrestling Federation <sighs> podcast. I'm so upset. Now, that's definitely something you did not see coming at all. That is the ultimate fucking 180 swerve. Like, there's no way you ever thought Ahmed would be joining the nation for how big of enemies they've been for a year. And now he's a part of them. I'm upset. Rightfully so. You love the guy. And now he's joining your most hated faction. Much like Owen and Bulldog, but even worse. Because it's not like Owen and Bulldog were like really badly feuding with Bret Hart as Bret being a dick the whole time. That was never like that. They just rejoined with their family members. But this is just like, this guy has been hated, hated Bret the entire time. I just thought he was just like, meh. He he really didn't impress me. He didn't upset me. And then all of a sudden he started to upset me. Fucking Farouk? And the nation, I've hated since day this one. entire time. Since day one. Because they're just a bunch of cheating fucking thugs. And they're fucking rap. Like, get the fuck out of oh, here. I'm so it's glad great. that that's been over. I'll just wrap it every time. No. Just for you. <laughs> but, babe, I've been cooking up a little something for this episode. Now, I know you've been real triggered with Ahmed joining the nation. Get my drumstick back <laughs> out. <laughs> but... I uh, recorded something for you and uh, you know, I just, just saying, don't hurt your husband for doing this, but I feel like the listeners are probably going to appreciate this and also appreciate my skills of being able to do this. Now this is definitely going to trigger you. And I think I probably got to run for the Hills when I hit play on this, but please appreciate the editing skills for this. I'm not thrilled. We are the nation of domination. to shove this drumstick right up your fucking ass how could you mess with a national fucking treasure uh, i knew you wouldn't appreciate this but i'm sure a lot of the listeners will appreciate the editing skills that it took to amalgamate oh the nation God. with ahmed in a theme song dude. no i do not approve <laughs> Ooh.
we are the nation of domination. Nation. Nation. A domination. I'm pissed. (laughs) I'm pissed. If it wasn't for the fact that I hate the nation. Yeah. That would be a banger. But I fucking hate right. the nation. Come on. It's not bad, I hate dude. the nation so much. <laughs> so bad husband. Well, bad. At least thank you for appreciating the editing skills of making a banger and amalgamating the two themes together. And I timed it quite well, too. It hits. The nations and the dominations hit perfectly. Timed up and synced perfectly. So at least appreciate the skill. But you don't have to appreciate. I fucking hate them. I hate them so much. The nation. <laughs> uh, I would ask you your rating for this episode, but I don't think numbers go that low. <laughs> Minus 50. <laughs> Minus 50 on the Tree Hill Wrestling There's... <sighs> Federation. How podcast. low did I rate the one where fucking... Tassel Boots and Cutie Patootie joined the Heart Foundation. That's pretty low. It was like a one point something, I think. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is worse. Yeah. This is heartbreak. Yeah. Literal heartbreak for Aaron. It's 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 a little sad. I thought you would actually shed some tears here on the Trio Wrestling Federation. I told you because you said that I was going to get heated on this one because we obviously watch the episodes before we record. And you were saying that I was probably going to get teary. The thing is, I do I do get teary and emotional for things, especially I'm pregnant. It's going to happen. No, this is anger. This is is anger. So you see when uh, something like this happens, there's a three-step program. There's three steps that happen. First is denial. <laughs> Fuck off. Okay? Get denial. You don't believe this is happening. This cannot be happening. It can't. Ahmed cannot be he joining the nation. He is fucking with everyone. This is denial. There, that was the denial stage. The denial stage lasted for a few seconds. Then anger set in. You're still in the anger stage. I'm staying in the anger <laughs> You're going to stay in the anger stage. For a while. You're going to stay in the anger stage. For probably one more episode, and then you're going to be in the acceptance stage. What? Don't do that. No spoilers. Don't spoil anything. No f- feeling spoilers. I'm just saying denial, anger, and acceptance. That's uh, how you cope with loss. I can't accept this. You're just going to have to. No. No. You're just going to have to. No. At treehillwf.podcast on the TikToks and the Instagrams. And you can also listen to us on every streaming services, including Spotify, fuck you. Apple Podcast, fuck you. Google Podcast, fuck you. Sounds like you're saying fuck you to the streaming services. (laughs) (laughs) And iHeartRadio, fuck you. I mean... We should really get that the used song in there. Yeah, and all no. I can say is fuck you. Did you just sing on the podcast? Fuck off. Oh my god, you did. Holy shit. Man, what a fucking episode. Uh just if you could have a rage meter for Aaron on the this No transpiring of Ahmed joining the nation, it's just off the fucking charts. It's like a Richter scale. Of just yeah, that you can't even fathom. Like I said, I've been looking forward to this for so long, and I knew that this would hit home, but I didn't know it hit 
home this much because when we started this podcast i was just like oh yeah i should probably get into it a little bit maybe like some care oh no 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 full bore fucking hate for one of her favorite wrestlers turning heel and joining a faction that she despises like, like if i was you know back in the day in 1997 if i was like a wrestling fan older like a bit older yep and knew who Ahmed Johnson was, I'd probably have a crush. Yeah. And then he would fucking turn his back on you. Why? That's like if the Backstreet Boys were just Turned like... Turned heel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! The Backstreet Boys! They've been working with NSYNC the whole time, damn it! Oh my God. <laughs> Don't even get me started. And now NSYNC is going to be just doing a Justin Timberlake tour. produces all their albums! <sighs> And like it's not that I hate in sync. Backstreet Boys is better, and I will forever say that. Whenever we do a conference call and they're like playing in sync songs, I'm like BSB is better. All caps. Wow. Turn this shit off. Yep. Ahmed Johnson, a ne- a now a member of the Nation of the Dominations. No. The I nations. don't accept it. So raise the fist no. one more time for Ahmed Johnson before I get my ass kicked here on Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. We love each and every one of you who listen, like, subscribe, and appreciate everything we do, especially my editing skills on a Nation Ahmed amalgamation track. I need to go sit on the couch and eat some comfort chips now <laughs> and cry. Yes. Well... Until the next episode where you will gain acceptance of this transparency. How do you know that I'm going to accept it? I guess we'll just have to bid adieu. And I say, bye, bitch. Fuck you.